tonight, I can report to the American people and to the world. I know the human being and fish can coexist peacefully. We were able to be all these things and do all these things because we were informed by great men, men who were revered. All men and women created by the goal, you know the you know the It's going to say, you want free speech? Let's see you acknowledge a man whose words make your blood boil, who's standing center stage and advocating at the top of his lungs that which you would spend a lifetime opposing at the top of yours. You want to claim this land as a land of the free? Now show me that. Defend that. Celebrate that in your classroom. Then stand up and sing about the land of the free. Which do you like more, Congress or lice? <laughs> Well, we like lice. Here's my eight words people need to stop redefining. Hate, victim, hero, shame, violence, survivor, phobic, and white supremacist. That America's leading industry is still the manufacture, distribution, packaging, and marketing of bullshit. So, good start. Numbers are going up. Excellent. Uh, well, let, let's talk about some emails real quick first. Okay, we got two of them. One of them rather short and one of them rather long. I'm sure I will, won't surprise you where the long one came from. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but the short one comes from your buddy Grizak. Grizak. And it says, boys, listening to your election day cast and just have uh, a couple of things to say. First of all, Sean did not hang himself. I don't know, remember what that's actually re um, referenced to myself. Probably Beto O'Rourke becoming governor of Texas. But oh, okay. That's just me. No, no, no. That, that, yes. I, I, was that even, even really a possibility? I did. You know, they they did pretty good, and he actually came closer than many people thought he would because, and I am convinced of this because of Evaldi. Um, he well, caught no, a but, lot. But did, did you? But did you see the numbers? Uvaldi. Well, okay, maybe of because of Evaldi, but the actual district that Evaldi is in overwhelmingly went for um, Abbott. Well, yeah, that's because Abbott actually went down there and stayed down there for a little while. Uh, but the counties all surrounding Ovaldi went to Beto. And Beto pulled every, every major city in Texas, like all six major cities in Texas. The only problem is, and this is one of the only states where you can't do that. Um, the, if you pull all the, all the major cities in most states, you're going to pull the state. The problem is... That doesn't work in Texas. It's so huge, and there are enough people out in these little bitty podunk counties that you can't just pull the cities in the urban areas. You have to get out in the middle. And Beto does not track well in Texas outside of urban areas. Well, and yeah, but he's, he's everything that probably a rural Texanite hates. Oh, yeah, he is the embodiment of of we're not voting for that asshole and it all wrapped up in one person. Um, he's very liberal and he goes on TV and says in Texas, I'm going to take your guns away, which, you know what? He would have had a lot more traction even this time if he had not like he was doing a lot better before he came to Texas 
And like when he was saying, I'm not good. I'm not here to take anybody's guns. And, and I know a lot of people were like, well, maybe he's learned his lesson. And then not even three weeks later, and we covered it on this show, I think. Not even three weeks later, it didn't last very long. Because he's like, hell yeah, I'm going to take AR-15s. And we're like, oh, for fuck's sake. You know, like <laughs> every Texan went, nope, he hadn't changed. Not voting for that guy. Well, uh, he actually has also been classified in a realm of uh, what people are starting to call a professional candidate. Yeah. You know, yeah. Stacey Abrams goes into that. Uh, Hillary Clinton goes into that, which is they're just really, really, really good at raising money to run for elections. They just don't win them. All I can say is thank God. <laughs> like, I don't want – and Beto is – first of all, he's he's a professional slime ball, and, I, and that's amongst slime balls, okay? Um, I, I look at anybody on that level of politics as, as being so disconnected from the actual people they're governing that they it's it's a farce. OK, it's all just fake anyway. However, there are degrees and Beto is up at the level where you don't want this guy in charge of anything. I mean, like, really seriously, like you don't want that guy in charge of anything. He can he changes direction like a flock of fucking birds. Um, he has no like. There are people who I think actually have convictions, be they misguided as they are, like AOC. I think she actually does have real passion about some things. I don't happen to agree with them, but I respect that she has actual opinions about things, and she voices what her opinions are. I disagree with everything that comes out of the fucking woman's mouth. However, I respect the fact that she has those opinions. Beto is a perf- – like, he has – the liberal Democrat money stuck so far up his butt, he might as well just be a Muppet. Well, he is the definition of the liberal elite. Yeah. You know, oh, for uh, sure. it, it, you know AOC, uh, as much as I can't stand listening to the woman, at least doesn't have that going for her. She's not part of that liberal elitism. No. Um, she's um, just somebody who hasn't applied logic to anything that she stands for. And she's pretty much been brought to heel by the Democratic Party. They use her like a, a dog on a chain, right? Uh, like they, they set a task in front of her and, and be like, look, AOC, here's some stuff you can go chomp at the bit at. And she goes and does that, right? She's very good at that part of it. Um, Beto is just not that guy. He uh, he's, he's very smarmy, and I, I really freaking hate that guy. Um, but, yeah, I would say the Texas election for governor was won and lost by two things. Um, one, Beto shot himself in the foot, no pun intended, with <laughs> the I'm going to take your guns thing that doesn't play well in Texas. It plays okay in the urban areas, but that's all you're going to get. And you can't win Texas. I mean, I think he lost by 12 or 13 points or something like that. I mean, I mean like it, but, a big but see, margin. But see, it doesn't even make sense. How are you going to Texas and actually enforce a gun ban? Right. I mean, um, it's, it's it, going it, to be tough. It's not going to work. Yeah, it's not going to work. It's going to be tough. They're going to fight you. And not only are they going to fight you, you will be. it will be the hallmark of your administration that you lost on guns. Right. Even if you get in and that's your platform and you try and go after it, you're going to lose. Not only that, but you 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 have a aggressive police state tomorrow. Because it's the only way you're going to enforce it. 
Yeah. First I mean, of it all, you're just... actually going to have to go into places where people literally have the don't tread on me flag on their front porch <laughs> and try to say you need to give me all of your guns. I, I, you know, the last, even Ann Richards, like if you know anything about Texas governorships, uh, Ann Richards, who was probably one of my favorite governors of Texas, was a Democrat. She also posed in reelection po- uh, posters and, and stuff like that with a shotgun. Like she, she, she understood there are things you screw with in Texas and there are things you don't screw with in Texas. And one of those things is Texans have guns. <laughs> And they hunt and they they that's just how shit is. OK. Um, and you can be a Democratic governor in Texas. You absolutely can be. But your platform, your your entire platform cannot be. I'm going to take your guns like it can't. You cannot do that here. And it's and you'd think whatever campaign manager that Beto had, <laughs> they they would go, you know. Um, dude, we've lost on this twice. Maybe we should keep our mouth shut. And it must have been like third a, times the charm. Yeah, it must have been like a gift from the heavens when Avaldi hit, and they're like, "Our time has come. This is our anti-gun moment." Like there'll never but, be a greater but, lineup of this. But even then, the whoever was advising him on that really dropped the ball because all he did was make an ass out of himself. Oh my God, he went to a room full of people whose children had been killed for political reasons. For political reasons, he he, he could have stood outside. He could have stood there. He could have basically shook hands and hugged people, and then basically brought up all that shit later. But no, he made a political stance in front of people whose children had just died. And and did and political like they showed the uncut the the worst of it was when they showed the uncut version of it, right? The not the one they ran on CNN, but the uncut version where you literally see him pose for five seconds, and then when he made sure all the cameras were on him, then he made his statement, and then he you know did his grandstanding and all that kind of stuff, and everyone in the room is just like, dude, this is really not the place for that. You know, like everyone else in the room understood, like, this is really not (laughs) where you need to do that. Go outside. Get the hell out of this room. Like, this is you're you're really screwing up here. Um, Like like you're saying, I think it would have been it really could have worked for him if he stood outside the building and shook hands with everybody and gave everybody hugs. Like you're saying, saying, I'm really sorry this happened. We're going to try and make sure it doesn't happen again. This is my plan. Um, I, I want to address this. Um, can you tell me what you think would help? Like he could have handled this way better. Even Abbott dickhead though. He may be okay. He can't figure out our weather gr- or our, our power grid. He doesn't understand a lot of things, but he understood. Put your hat in your hands. You look solemn. You tell the people you want to help and you're going to be there to do whatever they need done. And you make sure that they get what they need. Um, even he understood that, like, dude, this is not the place. You're at. <laughs> um, I, I know it, it was it, it must have sound, seemed like manna from heaven when he walked in and was like, oh, this is everything I've been saying that would happen. This is my time. Not the way you should have done it. It's just like Biden when he pulled out of of Afghanistan. It's like I agree with the decision. The way you did it was terrible. Right. Um, 
But that was working against Beto. The thing that was working for Abbott, and I swear to God, this is the reason Abbott got reelected, is everybody around here said the same thing about Abbott. Man, I really don't like the way he's handling this. I really don't like the way he's handling that. He's crap on the power grid. He hasn't fixed anything. But, man, am I impressed with his work on the border. That's what every one of them said. Everyone well, here was like, man. It's another I, one of great. those issues that the elite powers that be are trying desperately to tell you is not an issue. Right. It's not happening. Right. And it's really difficult for people down here, especially who are living, uh, especially in the lower half of Texas, who are living with the reality that they have effectively a broken open border. And there are a lot of drugs and there are a lot of there's a lot of crime and there's a lot of of people who are just coming here and um, there aren't the resources to support them. And despite what uh, the rest of the union will tell you, I mean, go to Arizona, go to Texas, go to Florida, go to go to any state that's getting a large influx. Um, they will tell you that the resources here are not able to support the amount of people we have and they're not leaving that's the issue they're not spreading out to the rest of the country look what happens when we when we do spread it's just a, a fraction of them out well yeah uh, the other the other people panic yeah they pan they flat out panic God, I, mean, I mean even the rich ones on martha's vineyard holy crap call the national guard get them out of here they were uh, they were out of martha's vineyard in less than 24 hours they called the national guard they moved them they went on state or, you know, went on camera, did their thing and just they left. Right. They got them out and, of there. And, and, the, and the best part about it is, is they're sitting there having cocktails, watching the people get back on the buses. Right. So, you know, he the, the, I honestly think Beto shooting himself in the foot with I'm going to take your guns and Abbott bringing attention to the border issue is what decided the race in Texas. For the for the gov the reelection of the governor thing, it's literally the only two issues that really mattered in Texas when it came right down to it. Uh, Beto took the urban areas. Abbott took everywhere else. I mean, if you look at the the counties that that voted in and and did, like you'll see these like six little blue dots, and then everything else is red. So Florida looked, you kind of looked the same. Yeah, you can't take Texas just by doing the cities. You can take a lot of states like that. Uh, California, you can take California like that. You can take Ohio like that. You can take Illinois like that. New York, I mean, you can do all those things. You cannot take Texas like that. And I, and it's weird that the Democratic Party has not figured that out yet. Because um, you'd think, you'd think it'd go. But yeah, anyway, uh, that's my... 15 minutes on <laughs> well to, to <laughs> further this gubernatorial election well, to further the email Grizek does not agree with you on the whole covid thing because he says you said that people shouldn't have their actions held against them for the first five months or so of the pandemic i have to say i disagree no matter what simple situation you're in um you can choose to be a dick or not just don't be a dick he is right he is right i the reason i'd say that and he's he's 100% correct. However, the reason I say that is because people, when there is an actual issue like that, when there is a pandemic and there is a viable threat to you and the information is is not 
um, forthcoming. Um, I go back to MIB, right? A person is smart, but people are dumb, panicky animals. And we get like that. I mean, yes, 100%, your reactions and your actions always deserve and should require um, your (laughs) your thinking mind to override your animal instincts. That doesn't always happen. And I understand there's a lot of people out there with family, elderly family, children, whatever, and they were scared. And I don't blame people for their initial reactions when what's coming down the pike is this is going to wipe out half the population. That's because that's basically this could this could kill tens of millions in the United States in the next three months. That's a scary statement. And so I don't blame people before the vaccine or the I'm not even going to call it that before the shot came out. uh, There was a lot of speculation on what this actually was and what it would do and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Um, I mean, for I, I will give you this fact that I agree with you on the fact that there is a period of time in which um, you, you can kind of look at things and say we didn't know much yet. Yeah. But I, I'm not going to give them as far as you are, because there really is, even before the vaccines came out, a point in time in which they weren't even letting people talk. Oh, no, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, there was. I mean, you can't. You could even say that the lab was or that it, that it was not because the story coming out of China at the time was one. There's no proof that it started here, but it may have started from bats. Well, no, and, but, but not only that, you weren't even allowed to talk about the possibilities of a treatment. No. Or a lab leak. Right. Like it was you you would get deplatformed and canceled for saying that it was. It was a lab leak, you know, the quote unquote lab leak theory. You would get deplatformed, didn't matter who you were, for suggesting in a public forum that it was not a naturally occurring thing. And and the part of it that that really bugs me is, is that it wasn't even for a lot of it fear. It was politics. Because yeah. what a lot of it came down to was simply if somebody suggested something, especially if it came from the orange man, um, it, it, it got torn apart. Not because of whether or not it was correct or incorrect or whether or not there was any reason to believe so one way or the other, but simply from who it came from. Yeah. No, 100 percent. Yeah. Uh, and and the fact that they wanted to be seen as coming up with a vaccine from it. So the the, the pharmaceutical companies had it ready while Orange Man was in office. They delayed the release of it until Biden took over so that the Democratic Party could be seen to save America. Well, and if you don't believe me on that, you can look that shit up, too. And not only that, for as much as you want to claim that, you know, Biden's trying to tackle the pharmaceutical companies, the other part about that, the reason why they wanted to wait for him is because he it was offering them better terms on how much money they could make. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a there was a lot of 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 fuckery going on uh, between the the Biden administration, the pharmaceutical companies, the media, you know, all that kind of stuff. There was there was all kinds of. And, the problem I have with it really is that no one other than the people who they've already decided in the court of public opinion will be canceled or, or you know, removed from whatever uh, will ever be prosecuted for it. You know, no. Fauci will never set foot in a court for the not only treason that he has committed, uh, but for the detriment and the detrimental actions he took against the American people, uh, 
uh, for, for his, any of the actions. For his financial profit. Right. So he will never set foot in a court for it. Because if if he does, he will drag a lot of influential people down with him, and they can't have that. Well, it, it, you know, let's put it this way: if they actually do go to prosecute him, he will be shaking hands with Epstein. Right. Oh, sure. <laughs> It'll be another Epstein. You know, like ooh. <laughs> you know, it it's sort of like when Ricky Gervais came out in the middle of uh, whatever award ceremony he was hosting, and he's like. Yeah, I know. I'm making fun of Epstein, but he was your friend. <laughs> you don't find this funny, do you? <laughs> you guys were actually there. <laughs> they cut to the audience, and they're like, hey. <laughs> a lot of fake clapping going on. <laughs> like, please get him off the podium, please, somebody. You know, like, I had tremendous respect for the man at that point. Uh, he is he is one of the very few people I look at in Hollywood and go, I want to hang with that guy. Um, it's it's just stupid, the amount of – and we'll never see it. We'll never see any real investigations uh, into this while, while the people who are anywhere near close to culpable are still alive. Um, well, but the investigations that are going on are going on in places like Europe and Israel, and oh, yeah. we're not hearing about them. No. You get, well, a, you get an article they? somewhere along the line where Pfizer admits to the European Union that they never even tested whether or not it would stop the spread of the infection, and yet you still have government officials over here going, you to get your shots, it's going to yeah. stop the spread. It's going to stop the spread, yeah. We're... You know, they're talking about amnesty and they're talking about all that stuff. It's it's weird how that happens. And the media doesn't want to cover it because they're they're complicit. Well, there's right? enough of the stuff about... coming out in the European investigations that uh, they're, they're worried that if people start getting over here, that people really will start getting pissed. That's why they're going, well, let's just give me everybody amnesty now. Right. Because it's they're finding out just how much we lied. About, and I, I don't think that that is a a topic anybody over here wants to like any of the major news networks like CNN, Fox, MSNBC. Like none of them want to talk about how deep into whose pocket they were. No matter what side of this you're on, how deep into whose pocket you were that the coverage that you had hasn't aged very well. Like if you go six months before some of this stuff or even a year before, like the further back you go into the pandemic, the more cringy the coverage is. And they do not want to talk about it at all. Uh, government statements are even worse. So it does not surprise me that as you roll into and I told you this was probably going to be what was what was happening. But there wasn't going to be much violence on this election because they know better. They know better. Everyone, we were talking about this before the cast. Everyone's claimed to victory, so that <laughs> yeah. nobody can be upset. Like you can't hold me accountable for this violence and stuff because uh, well, we won. Well, right? uh, everyone's claiming they won. But not only that. So, but even the American people, the ones who would have gotten all up in arms, are like looking at each other, going, "Wait, wait, what just happened? Right? Did did, did we win? Did we lose? Are we are we good? You know, this what was... happened?" You could not have, and I'll just say this, and you can call me a conspiracy theorist if you like, you could not have engineered a more 
uh, randomly blah election. Well, it's funny what just happened. But all of the pundits and commentators from, you know, Tucker Carlson to John Oliver to go from one extreme to the other are all talking about how somebody else could have been screwing with it. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's kind of like, well, yeah, you're completely ignoring what the guy over here is saying, and and then you're saying that they did this, and it's kind of like, dude, you know, everybody's screwing with it. Yeah. I, I The the sooner <laughs> – and I, I, you hear this statement all the time, and I actually agree with it, okay? They wouldn't let us vote if it actually counted for anything. Actually, I use that as the title of one of our guests. Yeah, like if they if it really did something, they wouldn't let us do it. So, what makes you think this makes any difference at all? Okay, there was a a, a thing I sent you like earlier this week, and and it was about the the circular nature. Oh, you don't like a, a supermajority Democratic Democratic Congress? Okay, with a, you know, all that stuff, just to do a Republican. Congress and, and like, put them this is any better. Okay, then do the other side. Well, this is yeah, do the other way. <laughs> and it basically ran through that pattern? all the way from like what was it, 1980 on forward? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter. That's how we got here. It doesn't matter, right? It's just whoever's up in the media and and doing the things, however the national thing is, that just swings the other way, and they just keep doing the same crap. It doesn't matter, y'all. Like our political system is so corrupt and broken that and our politicians are so disconnected from what actually matters to the people that it's not even similar anymore. It doesn't matter. But it's it's funny because we're starting to look at I'm starting to look and see that a lot of the stuff that is driving us all insane now has all been going on for decades. This is nothing new. I mean, I I, look, I I know you're you're going to go. Dude, I know. It actually kind of caught me by surprise because I thought somewhere along the line that things had gotten worse. You know, the only thing that's worse is how blatant it is. Yeah, that we know more about it now. The only thing that's worse is the fact that, you know, before there was at least an attempt or a, you know, a a, a wink and a nod of trying to pretend that things were on the up and up. We don't need, we just, we have full on, you know, I'm going to stand up here and give you a line of bullshit that you and I both know is absolute bullshit because it's not even attempted to be anything real and valid. And then I'm just going to, anybody who disagrees with me, I'm just going to tell them that they're, that they're wrong. They're extremists, uh, Nazis or libertards or whatever the term you want to use. And we're just going to ignore it and go forward. It's become normalized is the the term I would use. It's just normal now. And that's even scarier. This is the norm. This corruption is the norm. This is what we are. This is what we do. And I don't see anything changing it. So what we're really betting on here is how long can we run broken (laughs) before the wheels come off? And I think we got I honestly think we got one more generation in us because we are raising the children like the children are alive today that will will actually take the wheels off the wagon. I I, I can't disagree with you there because they are so disconnected when you have people like legit looking into a camera and saying we should abolish farming and 
you have people who who look at somebody else, their neighbors, their their whatever, and say, you know, you should be put in jail for something you said. When you uh, when you can fire somebody for not taking a shot, when you can do like we're we're coming close, we're coming close. We are. It is almost pushing. Like I think it'll take one more generation. Like the kids now are alive that are going to push us over the edge uh, because like the, the boomers are still got their hands on the reins. By the time they die, the, the millennials will take Gen X will never inherit power. I'm, I am sure of that um, because we're just not motivated to, it's just like, wow, this is like everybody else is fighting and Gen X is looking around like, Oh, this is fucked. We are, we are all screwed. But well, what Gen X is doing is like, did, can't we just like, Go to work at a, please, you know, just, please. I just, I, I got shit to do. <laughs> you know, like we just, we just want to make it through this without like being really screwed and it's not going to happen. Right. Because everyone around us is too angry. Right. The, the boomers are too angry at everybody else because they're angry that we object to them taking our future and our money. Um, millennials are angry because they have their money and future stolen. Uh, Gen Z is angry because they're Gen Z and they're Gen Z. And then and we've got, we've got all of all of this happening at the same time. And I really think by the time we get there, um, we will have a nation of entitled brats who don't know anything, a nation of political class who don't care about anything except their own greed. And a slightly rickety economy that is so fragile, we will not be able to produce enough for our own needs. And when all three of those meet at the same time and everybody tries and push and pull and, and all that stuff happens, it's going to fall apart in an extreme fashion. And I'm not talking about, you know, like the little election violence or or little insurrections or, or something like that. It will look like 2020 Portland, Oregon all over. Every major city is going to look like that because there won't be enough food. There won't be enough gas. There won't be. And for those of you, I'm pissing people off right now more than I normally do. But but anybody who thinks green energy is going to save us is full of shit. All right. There's not enough oh, lithium oh. ion or there's not enough lithium on the planet to to take care of our energy needs right there, now. There, there's still too many people protesting the building of nu nuclear power plants. Yeah, so, which would so, actually fix the problem. So the only option at that point is coal because wind ain't going to do it. Solar it's not gonna do it. ain't going to do it. Not there's not that, enough but, lithium to make the batteries. And not, not only that, but there's, uh, you know, just the, the literally the acquiring the materials that you need to build solar panels is worse than fracking. Right. So... So green energy isn't going to save you, okay? That is not like I don't care how much money you dump into it. There's literally not enough resources on the planet to make that a viable solution, nor wind, okay? The only real thing that could fix it, really fix it, is nuclear power. That, that we have the technology right now to do is nuclear power. Um, people are too, too protesty uh, to get that done. So – what you're going to have is an energy crisis, a food crisis, people who are not trained to do anything and are entitled, 
and a political class who's just eating off the corpse. And when all that comes together at the same time, it's not going to be pretty. Yeah, uh, you know what? It, what it, as this keeps going further and further and further, as much as I tend to think in science fiction, you know what? I what just always keeps coming to mind, and you'll you'll know exactly what I mean when I say it: the People's Republic of Haven <laughs> from the Honor Harrington series. Yeah, no, it's it's just digging off the corpse, right? Oh, absolutely. They they yeah. had everybody who was expecting a rise in their national and their basic living stipend and nobody had any money nothing everything was in disrepair and the you had a government who was just trying to figure out how to make people happy enough not to get a revolt it was and their plan this is uh the david weber series honor harrington by the way uh which was based off of the uh french revolution uh which mirrors what's happening in the u.s right now very very closely and we are in that particular sense like our country that as it exists today is very much um france in that time they are we are picking off the carrion of our former glorious country and their plan was to have a short victorious war right in fact i think that's the name of one of the books their their plan was to have a yeah uh was the plan there was to have this glorious war where they would take enough resources that they could keep the old republic alive long enough to distribute and save the the old republic if they could just snatch enough resources from somebody who was was doing well their only problem was they couldn't do that and when they couldn't the people just revolted because they realized at that point that the government had lied to them enough that there was going to be serious problems. And they just murdered everyone. Oh, yeah. The political class. They just went and just stormed it and just killed everybody. Um, that is 100% what I think is going to happen eventually with this. Um, the political class is so far beyond connected to what what's going on right now that – that it's not a, a viable solution for that much longer. You are going to have to fundamentally change the way things work to make that go. Like, for instance, I'll give you a for instance. China right now is having a horrible time, right? They doubled, tripled down on what's going on in the United States right now. Um, and they're, they're doing a fantastic job of covering it. But what they've done is they expanded faster in 10 years than the rest of the world did in 50 Okay, they they borrowed so heavily and over leveraged themselves so much that their banks are collapsing, their ventures are collapsing. They built ghost cities. They did all this stuff. Right. Um, That they really didn't have the equity to cash those checks like they didn't have the ability to do it. You mean mean they were making up and printing money just to make people happy and think that there was a lot of wealth? Hmm, it's weird, and it sounds amazing, familiar, amazing doesn't it? how that happens. Yeah, it sounds familiar. Uh, and and it's kind of quietly crumbling now or starting to crumble around their, their ears. And what's going to wind up happening is when people get hungry enough, when the work isn't enough and there isn't enough food and there isn't enough electricity and there isn't enough anything to to keep them in line – that many people can love on you to death 
much less if they just bring that to bear on the political class and the military class. They, they'll fold like a lawn chair. Right now in the United States, there are too many entitled people walking around with cell phones and Starbucks that they the government really doesn't have to worry about anything. They just have to keep us divided and stupid, which they're doing a fantastic job of at this moment. Um, but what I think a lot of people don't realize, and I truly do believe this. Again, I'm going to get an email on this, but but all the really entitled liberal and progressive people who are like, oh, my God, guns shouldn't exist. Yeah, I agree. They shouldn't, but they do. Um, all those entitled people who are just walking around going, all I want is my Starbucks and my Wi-Fi and, uh, and a good office job. You know, like those people, they die first in the revolution. <laughs> they cannot protect themselves. They have no skills and they don't really do anything. They die first. What you're going to get <laughs> when the revolution comes, what you're going to get is the really pissed off hungry people. OK, and it's not going to be pretty. Uh, it's, that's what's going to happen. The, the, the reason I think we're in this right now is because there's still way too many people. And the reason I knew there wasn't going to be any real violence during this election is there's still too many happy people with bread and circuses, right? They have Wi-Fi and Starbucks and they're fine. Well, uh, the other thing that made this election a little bit interesting is, is how, as, as much as some of them made it through, that the real big Trumpies lost. Yeah, almost all of them, I think. Yeah, there are a couple of them that made it through, but yeah, almost all of them, though. Yeah, but the uh, real really so it, so the question is is whether or not uh, Mr. Orange Man e Ego is going to recognize that um, maybe he shouldn't run again. I don't think his ego is built not to run again. I really don't. Um, I, I think he's. I think he's his his self-inflated attitude is so large that he is incapable of doubting himself, of doubting he could or, you know, thinking that he could lose or doubting his his own charisma or his own stuff. Like, I think in his mind, he still won the last election. I, I really do believe that he's he thinks he is the sitting president right now. And he will be again. Like, I don't think he's capable, which is one of his big flaws, right? Like, he has no capacity for well, other do, interpretations other than his. Do I think he lost the election? Yes. But I also, do. But, yeah. at the, but at the same time, you have to admit that the, the, the Democratic side of the whole thing never stood up and said, here, let us show you. You've got enough distrust in all of this going on that they really thought they were going to get away with just going, oh, yeah, if you believe that, you're an idiot. Well, all right. I'm, again, I'm going to sound like I got a tinfoil hat, but you're are you suggesting that the American elections have ever been fair since the modern age? Oh, hell like, no. I, I don't think so either. I think they've always been rigged. Like, but, but, like but, in modern memory, they've always been rigged. But what, it goes back to a lot of what I'm talking about with the just the blatant, uh, we're going to do whatever we want and go fuck yourself, which is there was literally zero. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, the, a couple of judges said there wasn't enough e evidence to even bother looking at this. Therefore, you, you should just trust us. 
we just spent, you know, a couple of years of people fucking up the country over a, a virus that did not turn out to be as bad as they claimed it was with them lying about all the numbers, numbers involved with all of this, all of the statistics involved with it. They just flat out lied about it, that they're just kind of asking, hey, forgive us. And then when all of a sudden an election comes up and somebody says, uh, and even shows that there were some irregularities. Do I think there were irregularities? Yes. Do I think it was enough to make Trump win? No, not even remotely close. But at the same time, they just continued the concept of gaslighting. There was no, nobody actually basically said, um, okay, let's have a hearing, sit down and show you that this is legitimate. You know, they have no hesitation to do the hearings up, up and down over uh, January 6th. But nobody even wanted to talk about whether or not, you know, the election was. It, go, it goes back to lab leak. If you even suggest the possibility that there could have been anything untoward, you're deplatformed, you're an asshole, you're an idiot, and, uh, you're just stupid. Um, it, the, yeah. So so I think they got they, they they're reaping what they sowed is basically what I'm saying. Who is who is reaping it? Well, the, 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 those who are saying that the election wasn't stolen. Now, oh. do I think it wasn't stolen? No, I don't think it was stolen. But at the same time, you know, they're just sitting there calling everybody who thinks it was an idiot versus actually showing anybody. Well, yeah, because one, if they showed anybody, they would have to reveal how much tampering was actually going on. Right. Because it's it's sort of like saying, well. No, that cheating didn't happen. We did another type of cheating. <laughs> but if we if well, we prove to you that this didn't happen, we're going to have to show you how we actually were cheating, and we don't want to do that either. Well, but but that even goes back to even what we're still dealing with now. You've got both sides talking about how the other side is cheating when they're cheating. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> uh, which is why I'm glad in some ways that this only goes out to like – 40 50 people because if we had any kind of audience they'd probably i mean i'm sure i'm on several lists somewhere right just because we suggest that that they are indeed lying to the american people and committing gross acts of treason uh every single day um we're, all we are is is they can laugh at us from the the mainstream media and go oh crackpot podcasters Right. Which is what they do. Oh, it's just some dude in a dude's basement, you know, in his mom's basement, which is how they they dis, they they do podcasts all the time. Right. Um, that's how they discredit anybody who says something different than them if they're not big enough to deal with. And people just go, oh, yeah, yeah no, that's probably true. Uh, it, it's funny when you actually have somebody who disagrees with them that they can't shut down. Um, who's too big for that? Like Rogan, for instance, they hate Rogan. The Democratic Party hates well, Rogan. Well, I, I think they all hate him just because he's willing to speak his mind. He's willing to look at things logically. He's not going to follow the party line, no matter what that party line he doesn't, is. Yeah, he doesn't play the game. He needs to play the game. You need to get in line. But If you but, have an audience, you need to get in line. And But the thing is, is that he has an audience. He makes enough money for people like Spotify that they're they, he's really going to have to do something – uh, you know, he's going to have to kill a hooker or something like that for them to get rid of him. Well, the problem is he's too big to just wake up dead one day. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Because people would ask too many questions. So they because the last time they tried that, it was Marilyn Monroe. Right? 
they're like they killed Marilyn Monroe. Okay, oh, of course they, they did, did that. They did that. Um, she was going to talk. They didn't want her to. She wound up dead. Now there's don't still fuck with a the conspiracy. It, actually, it, it's kind of like don't fuck with the Clintons. Don't fuck with the Kennedys. Right. <laughs> you know, if you fuck with the Clintons, they are going to kill you. Right. If you are big enough and you have a big enough voice and you fuck with the Clintons and you have evidence enough or that you are a credible threat to the Clintons, you will wind up dead one day. Um, that is just how that goes. I, so I'm, I'm still convinced they looked at Maxwell and said, you're going to spend the rest of your life in prison. But if you want to live through prison, you will never say a word. Mm-hmm. And by the way, we'll kill your family. First, right before we get you, you will know your family's dead. Like, I'm pretty sure that's how that works. Um, Now, again, crackpot podcaster. Well, uh, well, to finish up with Grizak's email, uh, I know it's not the right portion of this podcast, but he did give a media recommendation. And I am going to input it here because. I'm hoping, considering the fact that I have suggested this piece of media to you three times now, that maybe if Grizak jumps in on this, that you'll give it a listen. Crap. And that is the Expeditionary Force series by Craig Allenson, which is the one about Skippy the Magnificent. (laughs) It is an excellent science fiction story. Um, it, It does not have smut. I'm sorry. Well, you know, generally I'm out when it doesn't have smut. I, I, I know, but if you liked Honor Harrington, this has got a bit, decent bit more humor in it. But it's I, it, it's the one I keep telling you about in which uh, it's about a group of humans bumbling around the galaxy. And the only reason why they're succeeding is because they're too stupid to know what they shouldn't be able to do. That does sound like us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, you know, they've got one thing going for them is that they found a super powerful artificial intelligence uh, named that they named Skippy. And if you throughout different forms of science fiction have heard of people talking about the magic beer can, this is what that comes from, because Skippy's interface looks like a beer can. <laughs> and he is the most arrogant, obnoxious AI in the face of the Earth, but he's basically helping the humans survive in a galaxy that just wants to think of him as the back door rednecks with no technology power or anything of that nature. And we're just basically surviving because we keep going. You know, the, the main character keeps looking at Skippy going, well, why can't we do this? And Skippy's going, that's stupid, but oh, um, okay. <laughs> He's like, you know, there's only like a point zero one percent chance that works. And he's like, yeah, do we do have that. any other options? <laughs> so I, I use once again, no smut, but you will enjoy it. The first book is called Columbus Day. Uh, not only that, but Craig Allenson, the different alien species, uh, and he even comes up with, a, you know, you, you've always looked at Star Trek and wondered why every other species besides humanity is very homogeneous. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he comes up with the idea that once a species reaches a point where you have a world government, that something basically ends up being the platform for that government. So you've got one group of aliens that are basically a combination between Ferengi and, and Klingons. <laughs> um, you've got another uh, group of aliens who is their entire uh, society is based on gambling. That's their entire economy. Awesome. 
you have that some seems that, stable. You, you, you have a, a another that is basically their their entire society is based on the fact that they should be ruling the universe. And and then you've got another another group that is just basically officious bureaucrats. <laughs> is the bureaucratic one us? No, no, we're the ones who are basically still the 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 the, the part that they keep saying the weakness of humanity is is the fact that they're not homogeneous, that they're not all working together. They even every once in a while throw spies into like uh, the U.S. trying to or not the U.S. to the different the U.N trying to get the different countries of the of the world to go against each other to make it easier for them to take over the earth. I shouldn't say that. It shouldn't be that that hard. Uh, no, and the funny thing is is that the 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 spaceship that they're on keeps showing back at earth right about the time that all of this is supposed to go on and then Skippy who has the capability of controlling basically every piece of technology on the planet basically looks just starts screaming through the entire internet are you people idiots? <laughs> yes <laughs> yes we are while doing things like starting up religions based on himself just to amuse himself that'd work <laughs> I mean it'd work so so I, I'm giving little pieces to an entire series of books which are really 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 good especially in audio the guy who reads them um, I'm drawing a blank but he's done a, a, a lot of um uh, the different audiobooks that we've listened to over the years, and he is excellent. You know, the the, the AI religion thing reminds me. There's a, I play uh, Cyberpunk 2077, mm-hmm. uh, which had a horrible, horrible start, but they, they really fixed a lot of that stuff, and it's a pretty solid game now. And uh, there's a, a storyline that you can go into, and it's you have to find where this... It's a mysterious religion that's popped up that's uh, basically like a stick-it-to-the-man religion where they're trying to overthrow the, the corporate bosses and, and all this stuff and, and go back to personal freedoms and all that kind of stuff. And they're trying to track the mysterious leader of this religion down, and they send you in, and you can track it all down and, and try and find it all. And what it turns out to be is a advertising kiosk, and what somebody did – 100, 200 years ago was program it with a random word generator that it got from the internet and uh, just told it to be whatever the mainstream thing was, told it to be different than that so that people would pay attention to the kiosk and buy the product. Well, the AI took that quite literally and, and took in everything that it saw political and all that kind of stuff and just started generating random anti-authoritarian stuff (laughs) and posting it on the net (laughs) and being really secretive about it and if you and if you follow it back it's sort of like a drinker ovaltine situation where you're like oh my god and it was advertising like cigarettes oh god (laughs) (laughs) so but there's this entire counterculture revolution in cyberpunk that's built around this this thing where you know their glorious leader will reveal the time to to overthrow the corporations at some time and and you know all of them are smokers like they're chain smokers and they can't figure out why (laughs) 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 it's fantastic and i'm like that'd probably work we're a bunch of sheeple. It'd probably work, you know. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, we're not the best, <laughs> honestly. Like you look around and go, yeah, no, no. like all the stuff that I used to find funny 
Back, like that could never happen. Like we're doing worse shit than that now. Well, that actually leads into our second email. Our second email is from our buddy Epics, and it's an extremely long email. Uh, okay. e- e- even to the point where he says, "I'm sorry, I tried to restrain myself at the end." Uh, I'm sitting. I was sitting here throughout this, trying to figure out how to parcel this down into something presentable for the podcast, and. I'm, I think I'm sitting here fi- finally figuring out where my disagreement with Yepix actually lies, because he, he basically went into everything that we've been talking about for a while, uh, everything from we talked about legacy admissions into colleges, and uh, he in the it turns into from him that part of it is also the fact that the man doesn't want us to be smart enough anyway, so he's making he's pricing us out of college. I kind of disagree with that one. I think it's more of a money grab, but that's not here nor there. Um, we're going to keep going with this one. Uh, everything from uh, political format to a, um, economical format, uh, as we've talked about before, he his, ten, his leanings tend to be very, very socialist. And a lot of it is comes from a lot of the rhetoric, both positive and negative, that you're getting today that... Um, if we had a different political system, things would be better, whether that be socialism or stuff of that nature. And right. that that's actually where I'm kind of come down to disagree, because I think the problem, and he's agreed with me before on this, the problem is not necessarily the political system or the economical system. I actually do agree with a democratic system and a capitalist system, and I will explain why in a few moments. With that said, I don't think we're actually going to do better because what we're dealing with is, and and it is something he talks about, is in fact not the system, but the corruption that's in the system. We're dealing with the assholes. So no matter which system you're in, you are eventually, even if it starts out bright and shiny, and they all start out bright and shiny, But you're still going to have the people who crave power. You're still going to have the people who crave money, who are going to work their way up into those corrupted positions. Whether it takes 50 years, 100 years, 200 years, 1,000 years, it's going to happen. And that's where we are right now. Now, I kind of personally like a capitalist system and a a, um, democratic system because I do agree with the idea of a meritocracy. That as much as you you can argue, I don't completely agree with it, but as much as you can argue that there's a lot of things holding people down at this this day and age, it is still possible, difficult and unlikely, but it is possible to dig your way out of that. Well, that's a lot. Uh... As I said, okay. it was a, it was a long email, and I was trying to parcel it down. So, Yepix, if I missed a piece of this, please email me back, and we'll, we'll clarify if you need to. Um, as I said, I'm just trying to parcel a very long email down to something that's a little bit more consumable. I will say this. I think Yepix, like many of us, look at – no matter what your political bend is or, or no matter what you think should be the final outcome – of our situation i think many of us if we're really honest could agree that our political system is completely corrupt 
I think many of us, if not all of us, could agree that the people in power do not have the general populace and citizenry's best interests at heart. I could all I think we could also agree that we need to rip every politician that is serving in Washington DC and their staff out of their positions and either try them for treason or just get rid of their their positions of power. I think we can all agree that mostly we have a corrupt elite class. Now, uh, the part where we start to disagree as a populace is what should be done after that. I think we can all agree to up to a certain point that we need to get rid of the people who are there and tear down the systems that we currently have since they are not working. It is physically impossible without revolution. I truly believe this. It is physically impossible without revolution or uh, governance interruption to solve our political issues that we have currently, which is it is not possible, as we have seen, to create a third party or fourth party. Did, or well, did, did like you see that. the thing I sent you that came from a rather surprising source, but that actually turned out to be rather intelligent coming from Jesse Ventura about a third party? Yeah. That the idea yeah. that, the, that the system has become so corrupt that the only way to create a viable third party would be to be as corrupt as everybody else? Yeah. Um, surprisingly, pretty poignant. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't think there's many people who could look upon our political system in this country and go, yeah, I think that's working good. Everyone agrees that it needs to be torn down. I think, but I, don't, I think everyone can agree I don't, on that. I don't think it's actually the system because I, I think the system was set up pretty well. I think it's the people in the system. I don't think so. I think there's too many rules. Like if you took – here's the thing though. Like if you took everybody and just kicked them out of office right now and put new people in, they would look at the rules because right now the rules are set up to keep the people in power in power. Well, but but that's part of the actual corruption of the system, That that is which has been tainted by the people involved. That if, you, it, that if it were possible – I don't think it is – but if it were possible to actually strip it down and start it back up from the beginning – not once again. I know that's not possible. I know that's a fantasy, but but that's the fantasy world I live in. That you could actually strip it down and go back to the beginning. Now you're right. You, it's it, they're going to look at the rules that they have now and go, wow, I could be rich. I could do whatever. And, and that's but, the problem. But but not only that, it, it, you'd also have to get rid of their entire staffs too, because they're still going to have that flapper listening, whispering, whispering in their ear, going, um, you know what you could do. You know because what? you're special, yeah. you got elected. Yeah, well, you don't actually, you know, the rules don't actually apply to you, right? You know, like they could do that. Um, so I think you, so we, you really would have to burn everything down. Yeah. And start no, from scratch. You would. You'd have to burn it down. I, I just, I All just, the, the part where, and, and I know a lot of people in this world disagree with me, the part that I think it, it is not worth throwing away is in fact the constitution of the bill of rights i think if you start back from there that that things will once again be okay for another 200 years and then you may have to burn it down again here's where i know that that's incorrect if you look at the constitution and the bill of rights right now 
you and I would agree, or the boomers would agree, of what the interpretation of that says. <laughs> I think if you took somebody under 35, well, well, the, the, they would not agree that those words mean the same thing that you and I think they do. Okay, I would, I would, ag- I will agree with you there because. You and I come from people who would look at it and go, what are you interpreting? This is what it says. You Read can't, the words. Right but, now, but, you can't even publicly tell me what a woman is. Okay? Exactly. So the fact that, or the, the, the notion that you could take those 200 or 150-year-old documents and apply them to modern times is utterly ridiculous to me. Like, you couldn't get enough people behind those two documents to make them serve and make them viable. We, we'd have to burn the whole fucking thing down. And the problem right now that I see is that the generations behind us, I'm going to divide it around 30, 35, right? The, the younger people can't even tell you how many genders there are. You ask 100 of them, you're going to get 50 different answers, Okay. You can't tell me what a woman is, but women's rights is the most important thing. You can't tell me what men should be doing, but you can tell me they shouldn't have an opinion. You can't tell me race is shouldn't be a factor in everything, but race is still a factor in everything. It doesn't it doesn't matter where you start. You're never going to get the right answer. So the and, problem and, is burning it down and trying to build something else up. We couldn't agree on that, and we're going to nuke each other well, before we get there. And that's actually kind of what worries me, why I would hope that we could go back and start from there. You're right, we can. But that's why I would hope that we can, because you look at the Bill of Rights, and it is something that can, you can lay out and say, the, these are the things that the government is meant to um, uh, guarantee. For, for the human population, but we can't even really agree on what those rights should be. No. And, and honestly, we can't, we would fight for a, a hundred years on the definition of them right now. Well, because, because, you know, even, you know, I know you and I are both pro second amendment, but let's take the first, which has always been one of the, the ones that concerns me because it, it's, it's not, it, we want to talk about freedom of speech, but what we want to talk about is my freedom of speech. Yeah, not I'm a, yours. I'm, a, I'm allowed to say this, but but you cannot offend me. Right. And and that's they they don't look at the protection of your fellow man. They they look at the protection of their feelings, and that's really what we're we're talking about uh, here, in half uh, this time. Here's one that's going to get me in trouble, but makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. Now I'll admit it's probably going to get me in trouble. I probably know some of the people who are going to call me up and say you're a dick. Um, take the two things, for, uh, two two issues that are unrelated, yet the fact that people have opposite stances on them baffles me, which is vaccine mandates and abortion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of the same people who are saying, you know, that you cannot. That, that you cannot dictate to a woman her medical status for abortion are also saying that you can dictate what injections that people have to have. Yeah, but how half you those can people hold... can't define what a woman is either. But, but, but my point is, is how you can hold those two thoughts in your brain at the exact same time when they are so contradictory. But they do it without even 
without even a second thought. They, uh, the the fact that that you cannot use the term woman, you have to use the term birth giver, at this point. <laughs> yeah, hey, I mean hey, it hey, should be funny, hey, but it's not. Hey, eighteen years ago, when my daughter was born, when I walked into the to the uh, labor and delivery floor, they asked me if I was a support person. I looked at them and said, I'm her husband. Does that count? And they went, oh, yeah, that, that's fine. I said, is this the new term for husband? And the, the nurse looked at me, rolled her eyes and said, you wouldn't believe what different types of people we get in here. So we had to come up with a term. I mean, I have never been treated more like a second class citizen is when I went with my wife to the hospital to give birth. For the first time, we, we she was she was in labor. I have never been treated more like a afterthought piece of shit than okay, at I, the hospital. I will actually, unfortunately, agree with the hospital on that one. She's the one in pain. She's the one going through all of this. You are an afterthought I piece get of it. shit under those circumstances. But, but at that point, like everyone had a wristband but me. Actually, no, actually, they gave me one, too. And actually, the worst part about it was is that I'm comfortable enough in a medical circumstances that I was making the nurses nervous. Mm-hmm. You know, my wife was asking for things and they were going just a moment and I was just going to the cabinet and getting it. <laughs> Look, here you go. <laughs> you know? Yeah, uh, they, like they, they, um, they, she had a C-section. They're picking her the operating room, told me I have to wait out here. And it's kind of like, no, nah, I'm good. Just I, I got some scrubs. I'll be in there a couple minutes. Just tell me which OR it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 and I get it. You know, it's for her. Uh, and and you're not supposed to say anything. You're not supposed to do anything. You don't make any decisions, and they don't care what you think. And I okay, fine. But um, it's but at the same time, you are legally responsible for every bit of that. Right? Well, monetarily responsible. Monetarily, you're you're on the hook, chief. I mean, I mean uh, that's I mean, the look, only time they care about fathers. Okay. Uh, that is the only time and, anyone and I, cares about And I about tell you what, have you seen a labor delivery bill recently? Uh, well, not in the last 10 years, no. <laughs> and, and the worst part about it is is mine was 10 years before that. Yeah. And and it was and it was at that point in time it was 15 grand. I don't know what it is without insurance. Um with insurance, I think my first one was like 3500 and my second one was 4 grand. I think that's I think that's what it was. Um, they're not cheap. I can tell you that. <laughs> I can tell you that. Uh, but it's, but you couldn't even you couldn't rebuild. You couldn't rebuild without a a seriously. I'm convinced that you could not. Even if we all decided today that the government had to go, which I honestly think we should do. But even if we decided that all today, well, and he, just ran them out. Well, um, we would have to have an armed conflict to figure out how we were going to rebuild from there. Well, 20 years ago, I think we could have. Today, once again, you you can't agree on the definition of the words. No, no, I don't think I don't think without an armed conflict of one side or one faction, whatever that is. Wiping out all the rest of them into submission and saying, "Okay." This is how it's going to be, and if you don't like it, come at us. And they try that, and then a significant portion of the the population will have to be killed, and then we'll start from there. 
I think that's what's going to have to happen. But first, and this is something I think we all can agree on, is our current system has to go first. Well, I, I do have to admit I really enjoy the memes that you see out there where uh, you have uh, the someone talking to the redneck going, and the redneck going, oh, you want to start a revolution? Okay, let, uh, I'm ready. You, yeah, you, you ready. need a moment? Well, don't, don't we need to get you? Don't, don't we all need to get, like, get armed and get guns? No, no, I got mine. No, no, we're good. <laughs> you want to start now? Let's start today. I mean, I got like nothing else going on. I mean, like, what do you want to do? Who who goes first? Yeah, like, I'll just tell you, the South is ready. <laughs> like, <laughs> North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, <laughs> Alabama, Mississippi. Louisiana, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Texas, Arizona, you, you New Mexico. Know, you know, We're we, all ready. You know, if we right. redid the Civil War today, I don't think that would turn out the same way. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine Californians going to war against Texans? <gasps> you slaughter. Like you, think y'all, you think y'all know what fighting is? You get... You call the cops when somebody get cuts in front of you at Starbucks. Can you? You have no idea. Like, there's a comedian. He's like, they've been waiting for this. They have an arsenal in their basement, and they've been waiting for just such an occasion since 1775. Marines right? will show up. There'll be beer cans everywhere. Gone. War's over. War's over, baby. <laughs> Shotgun shells and beer cans. Yeah. Now they were talking about a foreign aggressor like landing on American shores. <laughs> like you, you think you think they're scared? No, 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 no. Rednecks. That's what you got to be scared of. Like they have been waiting for just such an occasion. Um, and now to a certain extent, I mean, you joke about it, but to a certain extent, that's kind of true. Well, I don't know how accurate it is because people have challenged it, but you do have the guy who talks about having met up with a uh, Russian general asking about whether or not there were ever any plans of invading the U.S., and the response they got was was no, and it's really got nothing to do with whether or not we thought we could take on the Army. It's just the fact that we never thought we could occupy the United States with as many weapons as there are running around. You know, I, I've heard that that's true. I've heard it's not true. I've heard it never happened. I heard it absolutely happened. I think that probably there is, whether it happened or not, I think there is some truth to it. Um, the... The movie Red Dawn is probably a little more accurate than people would like to believe. Um, I know, I know people like that live around <laughs> me that would suggest to you that they cannot wait <laughs> for somebody to come for their guns, hey. or for the military, or for the government to come and tell them that they are no longer free, and see what happens. Like fuck around and find out hey. is a very serious phrase. Down hey, here. you, you and I both know somebody who's just waiting for the zombie apocalypse so all the moral questions can go out the window. Oh my god! <laughs> like, and he's not kidding. <laughs> like, you think he laughs and he laughs and he yeah, yeah but he's not kidding. He literally does. Wait for this to happen. His hobby is going to abandoned buildings to see what the apocalypse would actually look like and how people would live in that area. Like, he's preparing for this. <laughs> like, he's, he can't wait for this to happen. There is, in fact, a plan that he has for when this occurs, right? Um, like, 
there is a significant portion of the population who can't wait for the a the government to collapse or b for them to declare no freedom and no joy and at that point all bets are off they will lose but they're going to take a significant portion of what authority comes down upon them with them um i hey, i can hey, tell you hey hey i have i have one word that basically says that it's possible they can win that word is taliban <laughs> yeah yeah we have never it, successfully it, it, occupied it, a country it took them 20 years to get rid of us but they did and that's the thing right occupying countries in the modern era doesn't work asymmetric warfare that is the word i could not remember two weeks ago <laughs> exactly like you can occupy it but for how long to what effect right can you force them how much can you force them to do what can you force them to accept not much actually you know as it turns out even the might of the u.s military cannot force a hostile country to be docile. Well, the, the, only, the only thing we are it. capable of doing in this day and age is literally obliterating the other country. Yeah, you get one or the other. You can you can try and occupy it, or you can turn it into a glass. You know, you can glass it. That's it. Or you, you don't even have to glass it. If we just kind of went in with the idea of we're just going to kill everybody. Yeah, no, no you can be, do that. Because that, that was part of the problem with, and, and problem is probably a little bit of a strong term, but part of why... Afghanistan and Iraq didn't work, and even part of why Vietnam didn't work is we were trying to save some and kill others. Yeah. Now, I, I agree with the moralistic that we really shouldn't just go into a country and kill everyone, but if they had just basically said all of these Iraqis need to go, all of these Afghanis need to go, um, take out everyone, that could have been done. Yeah. Try like Like the last time we did that was World War II. You are weapons-free on any German you come across. Go. Yeah. Till, and, till, till, till everybody says, I give up. And even then, we're going to make sure that they really did. Yeah. You know, Japan in, 19, in the 1940s. Yep, you were weapons-free on any, any Japanese anything you found. Didn't matter and, what and, it was. And the, and the worst part about it is, is that half the reason we dropped two nukes on them was because we were under the impression that we were going to have to invade the island and kill everyone. And that's what it was going to take because the Japanese had the same kind of philosophy that the American South does. You're going to have to do it house to house. Come on down. You will have to kill every one of us. And they meant it, right? I mean, they really did mean it. So what do you do in that situation? Either you have to kill everyone and glass it. They just glass two cities. Like here, we will do this to you every time. Before they would capitulate. And it did. And it took more than one. Right? They didn't just glass one city. They just went, probably a fluke. Right? We had to do it twice before they'd even stop and pause. Right? That's the level you're talking about. So could the American military be turned, and, and I, I don't know where this came from, but could the American military be turned on its own people enough to subdue the country? Yes for a time and I don't think it'd be that long a time because you're talking about dividing the country and there are some significant people you like go ahead take over the hills of Kentucky the mountains of West, Tennessee West Virginia yeah yeah let's 
Let's, let's talk, talk about talk, occupying talk, some talk of about that a, shit. Talk about a group of people who will play the banjo while making you their bitch. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Like, you think that's funny. They think it's a real thing. They're not real fond of anybody telling them how to live. <laughs> Much less any people who will shoot at them. They're going to shoot back. And first. Okay? They're not going to shoot back. They're going to shoot first. <laughs> Bury you up on the hill. <laughs> I don't tell you how to tell the sheriff. He understands. <laughs> right? That's how it's going to go. You really don't want to mess with those people. The reason I think, and this is my own personal opinion, so send whatever letters. The reason I think a lot of this stuff is being permitted to be as prevalent as it is is because at a certain point, the American government knows that there's a zone they can go into, at which point there is a point where that stops. And where it stops is kind of where it is now. Like, we can tell you to do whatever they want. As long as there's enough food, Wi-Fi, coffee, and just enough freedom where people don't feel backed into a corner, they can do whatever they want. And as it turns out, they're right. Well, So, on, I don't know. Well, on, on that happy and positive note, two things. First of all, I did not get any conspiracy theories. Now, one could argue that... Um, Yepix's uh, email was oh, one long conspiracy theory, but that being said, that's not what I'm looking for. People listening to this, please email us, uh, gentlemenssoapbox at gmail.com. We want conspiracy theories. We want to discuss them. We want to enjoy them. Yeah, you know, we enjoy a conspiracy theory, both Jake and I. <laughs> uh, uh, We've been talking to conspiracy theories all the time. <laughs> Uh, but also on that note, what have you been consuming entertainment-wise this week? Oh, man. It's like crack. It's really bad. It's really <laughs> bad, Are you dude. still on street food? No. <laughs> no. I I caught a series the other day, and I could not stop watching it. Me and my eldest, actually. Killer Sally on Netflix. Have you been seeing this? No. I heard oh of Wait a minute. I've heard of this, but I don't remember what it is. Okay, so Sally McNeil, she is the bodybuilder in the 80s who yes. killed her husband. Yes. Who also was a Mr. California or whatever. Oh, my God, dude. It is the best because you're left with, like, they explain the whole thing. And, she, like, she's young and she's cute and she's a Marine. And, you know, she starts bodybuilding. She meets this guy and they, they do good things. And, you know, they it's from the outside, it looks like the American success story, right? And as you dig into it, it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And by the end, uh, I won't spoil anything for anybody who hasn't seen it. By the end, you're like, that's messed up. <laughs> you don't know what to believe. And you just wind up arguing with whoever else watched it with you or whoever else has seen it. What is true and what is not. And it is fantastic. It's just it's it's. It's documentary crack is what it is, and it's terrible. <laughs> like, you really shouldn't watch it. It's sort of like watching, what is it, the the, the Tiger People. I cannot remember the oh, name of it. Tiger King? Yeah. It's like watching that. You shouldn't, and these are all terrible people. <laughs> like, every one of them should be in jail. <laughs> and you're just hearing about it, and you're like, I don't like any of these people. Do you guys like any of these people? Or, like, are you rooting for anybody here? <laughs> you know? And like all you can do is like root for the children because you know, they haven't been corrupted yet. And it's like, oh my god, this is 
this is terrible. <laughs> like when you find out how it ends, like Kayla and I just sat there, you know, and watched the credits and everything. And there was just silence after we were done. <laughs> and Kayla's like, that was some bullshit, wasn't it, Dad? <laughs> a little bit. She's like, okay, wait, wait, wait. Who was good? I'm having a lot of trouble figuring out who was the good person in this. And I'm there like, as far as, as far as I can tell, they were all pieces of shit. <laughs> She's like, okay, so it wasn't just me? I'm like, nope. She's like, okay, cool. No, it is it is literal crack. I, I, will, I will be starting this. <laughs> Because it starts off and you're like, oh, my God, what injustice was done here? And then you're like, oh, no, there wasn't injustice. It was a, they were all pieces of shit. All right. All right. Got it. Got it. Got it. Uh, well, I, I had the opportunity uh, two nights ago to go see Wakanda Forever. Ah, yes. How was that? It was absolutely excellent. It actually right it, it, it harpened back to the original uh, Marvel films that were really, really good. Uh, a couple of little things. First of all, for all the questions as to whether or not Letitia Wright could uh, carry the movie, she did an excellent job. She's a wonderful actress. Uh, who is Letitia Wright? I'm the sorry. one who plays his sister. Oh, no, I like her. She's cool. Yes, but there were questions as to whether or not you could build a movie around her. On a scale of 1 to 10, how woke was it? Uh, 3. Okay, that's not bad. Right. In today's Hollywood, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, I'll admit, I'll admit, it was there. I mean, they they kept referring to, um, uh, the CIA agent. I can't remember uh, his name's Ross, but he's not like Thunderbolt Ross. Uh, but uh, and I can't remember the guy. Uh, Martin Freeman plays him. Oh yeah, no, okay. Um, they they jokingly kept referring to him as colonizer. Wow. But but other than that, you know, it really wasn't that bad. Obviously. The other, the other part is you obviously had is if you're you're going to have somebody who's going to be attacking from the bottom of the oceans, obviously you know why. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I thought it did a wonderful job of was bringing, you know, I don't know what phase number we're on, but bringing the phase that we're on to an end. I think we're on phase four. Uh, whichever phase it is, this is kind of like the the final movie in that phase because when you Ant Man and Wasp Quantumania is basically going to start the new phase and introduce what the main problem for that phase is. This kind of basically looked at you and, and said, "This is what the status quo in the MCU is. You've had your new people introduced. This is where you're. This is where we are. It's time for the next problem." Right on. Right on. Okay. And, and I thought it did an excellent job of that. There are there are a couple of surprise moments in the in the movie that I will not give away. Um, Beth kept getting mad at me because I kept going. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, it, yeah, it, it really, really, really was a good movie, and much to my surprise. Now I I knew she was a good actress. But much to my surprise, Letitia Wright did do a wonderful job carrying the movie. Well, those are some pretty big shoes to fill, too. Oh, yeah. Not only that, but they did an excellent job of dealing with uh, Chadwick Boseman's passing. You know, he is one of those actors that, sort of like the guy who did um, Spartacus. Yes. Right? When they, Mr. Sandberg, when they lost him, 
um, I think it's Andy Sandberg. When they lost him, like the whole thing fell apart because he was just such a not only great human being, but such a just he lit up the screen. Chadwick Boseman was one of those. He was a genuinely cool human being, but if ever there was a part that man was born to play, that was it. You know, he made I didn't know Dick about Black Panther before that movie. And I it was such a phenomenal performance that that it didn't matter who you were or what culture you came from, it was amazing to watch. Coming back from that without him had to be a monumental task. Uh, and, and and once again, I think they did it well. That's that's pretty impressive. I think they did it well. I mean, most of the story was is how does Wakanda move forward without him? Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd imagine. What was the reason they gave for his death? I can't remember. Uh, they they literally just said he got sick, but the reason why they said he died was because they no longer had the heart shaped herb. Ah, okay. Okay. Hmm. And that ends up being a good portion of the story too. What do we do now that we can't create a you know Captain Wakanda, Black Panther, whatever you want to do it? What what do we do now? Yeah, that's 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 not a bad story arc. It, that's not bad. And, and once again, I think they did it extremely well. This is the first one of the, this is actually I will say this is the, probably the best of the phase four movies without question. And it's the first one that made me feel like I felt watching a lot of the Infinity stuff. Yeah, I mean, the Infinity arc was so freaking good. I mean, so good. I'm hoping that now that they've kind of got everything settled down again that they can go into the, the the Kang arc and actually bring that back to some extent. I'm hoping. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, man. I mean, they've, they've, they've plucked so many strings at this point. I mean, and arguably, um, they took a big damn risk when they first started this whole thing out with Iron Man and they had a, you know, they, they, they took all kinds of risks. They did, you know, uh, 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 one that I think a lot of people really, he wasn't a mainline guy. They turned him into one. Um, the, the pick for Tony Stark was an important choice for them. And they picked this at the time, really risky actor. And like, okay, okay, okay. We'll just hire somebody to follow him around. We'll clean him up. <laughs> we'll make sure that, that it works because if we can just get him focused in the right direction long enough, this is going to be magic. And it was, um, but to follow it up in the ways that they did with brilliant acting choices and honestly really first-rate writing. And then somewhere right after that, there were a couple high spots, but we got really off the rails uh-huh. in some of those sections. So I don't know how much. I, I, I think COVID had a, had a decent amount to do with that. I mean, it didn't help for sure. I mean, because, you know, once again, Black Widow ends up coming out way after it should have. Yeah, and that really fizzled. And, yes. and honestly, you they didn't get to take advantage of what I think was the best thing that they that came out of the Black Widow series was Florence. Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh, who was not only terribly talented, but just the best freaking comedic foil for any of the MCU. 
Oh, just I, fantastic. If, if they do not utilize her throughout the rest of the series, it's it's really going to be tragic. I know she's going to be part of the Thunderbolts movie. Yeah, but... I, I just just phenomenal. And I'm like, what we get one little thing with Hawkeye and 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 she's in there like a little bit and everything. I seriously <laughs> like that's all we're going to use her for. Uh, I was furious. I'm like, this, 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 she needed a movie. Uh, Hell, I I want the Kate Bishop, you know, uh, Yelena movie. Series movie, whatever it is. To make sure that I know it, that I know you know it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Kate Bishop, you are so funny. You know, like the play between those two. You hit me. (laughs) Well, yeah. Wasn't I supposed to? Would you stop making me like you? I can't help it. You know, like I would watch Kate Bishop and Florence Pugh do just about anything. <laughs> like, oh, give me a sitcom where they're where they're roommates. I'm 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 good. Yeah, I don't really care. And they didn't like they didn't capitalize on that enough at all. So I I don't know. I just I don't get it. Um, they they went off the rails on a lot of that stuff. I guess that's all I'm saying. Well. Uh, anything else this week? Um, no, I think I'm good. <laughs> okay, well, then I can hear my daughter complaining that I'm not taking her back to school yet, so I'm going to let us go at that and wish everyone a good week.